Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. LMFM Podcasts. Brought to you with Cross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cross or CarkmacrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection Used Car Event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We just had to come back to the teddy bears. Honest to God, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in my years here. The number of people who've been in touch with us who wanted to tell us about the first ever teddy or doll. That first toy you've got in your lifetime. We talked to a number of people earlier on in the week, but the list was so vast and they just kept coming. We said, look, we're going to go back to it today because we have some lovely, more lovely stories to tell you. Lucia Gallagher's on the line. Afternoon, Lucia. Good afternoon, Jerry. Well, we're delighted to get you because we ticked and tacked the other day and we were so disappointed when we couldn't touch base. But here you are with me today. Tell me about Jimmy. Well, my Jimmy is Jimmy Malone. I got him in 1967. Right. I got him for my christening, actually, from my godfather, Christopher. But he was called Jimmy Malone after my adored cousin, cousin's husband he was my cousin was olive and her husband was jimmy malone and i loved them so much i wanted to be them so i was myself and my teddy was jimmy malone <laughs> i love it i love it so you have him all of I your life still, absolutely yeah there's a few injuries here and there but he's he's lasted very well and describe um, him color wise Oh, he's the old traditional black and white teddy bear. Black and white. And you have taken him right through your life, which had many milestones in your life as well. Um, He came to everything. He came to everything. First communions, confirmations, graduations. Then he moved and and came to work with me. He lived with me. He came to my wedding. Really? Yes, indeed. (laughs) In the back seat of the wedding car. You're joking. Yes, now Jimmy only has one suit. He only ever had one suit. Yeah. And he wore it to all these occasions. Really? (laughs) Yes. And have you still got that suit? I still have that suit, yeah. Oh my, isn't that just terrific? So this fella really, you're that close to him. It's like a sibling, really, is he? Oh, he's like another part of the family. Yeah. Birthdays, everything he comes to. He has his own uh, party during the year, the teddy bear picnic course for all the kids around and they come to it and he's a celebrity. And have you children of your own? 
I don't have no nieces and nephews. Nieces and nephews, and they know all about this fella, do they as well? They do. They they all know him well. <laughs> and you know when you take him with you through life, and you met your your husband and that as well. What did he make of it? You know when he, you say, well, "Hold on a minute, Jimmy's the main man here." <laughs> well, I just have to include Jimmy in everything. He seems to be everywhere. Yes. So there is. So it is. So you mm. just love this fella. You've had him with you all these years. You're inseparable, and you'll always have him with you. Forever and ever. Inseparable. Oh, my God. Isn't that just marvellous to to think about it? Anything else besides Jimmy? Have you anything else uh, longevity-wise or any other dolly or anything like that? No? Well, I do actually. He has a companion now. He wouldn't be of the same age. He'd only be in his early 30s. Right. And uh, his his name is Lofty. Lofty? Where did that come from? He's a young fella now compared to Jimmy. I see. He hasn't been around. He hasn't been through the mill like poor old Jimmy. Yeah, and he's not modelled on anyone like you did, Jimmy, your family relation. No, no, he hasn't. He's his his own identity. (laughs) Fantastic. Anyway, listen, lovely to talk to you today. I'm glad we got you at last because uh, we were looking for you the other day, but you've told us the story. He's on the airwaves now. He's made famous Jimmy, 51 years old and going strong. Lovely to talk Absolutely. to you, Lucia. Thank you very much, Jerry. Not at all. Take care Take of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Mary from Louth is with us. Hello, Mary. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. Now, tell us about your toy dog. Oh, yes. Well, he was lovely. Yes. And um, he was called um, the Kerry Blue because I think maybe at that stage um, there was a picture of a Kerry Blue maybe on a cigarette packet or something like that. Right. I'm not quite sure. How long have you got this toy dog? Well, I have him from, I was, I suppose, maybe a year old. I'm not sure. So he that... me all my time anyway. How many years would that leave him? What age would he be? He would be 80 now. 80 years old? He would be, yes. Where was he made? Um, there's a little tag on him here, Jerry, and he was made in um, Eris Toys yeah. in... I think it's LV Bay, County Mayo. In Mayo, Eris in County Mayo. He was yes. made there. And there's a, a picture of a round tower on it. Round tower is written on it too. Okay. Yeah. And w- what what colour is he? Um, well, he was white. And? Cream it, with um, brown ears. Yep. Creepy ears. And he has only one eye. He had brown eyes. But ah, you know, that's... With, with a lot of the people we've talked to as well, teddies or whatever they have, there's one eye missing for whatever reason. Yeah. One seems to hold on and the other disappears. And what's he stuffed with? Um, he's stuffed with straw. And is is he in good shape? Well, he's he's holding his shape. But yeah. I, I stitched him here and there a few times mm. around his nose. He had a black nose. and um, Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. And I'd love to have him redone. Oh, you'd love to have him re... I would, I would. And I, don't, I wouldn't know where to go to... To look about that. Now, here's something for uh, listeners today. Does anyone know where Mary could get this 80-year-old toy dog restuffed, stuffed with straw? You oh. say a straw type of material. Does anyone out there do this? Does anyone know of anyone who would uh, restore this lovely old toy dog? If you do, give us a shout. 1850-715-958 or 86 uh, oh my, the numbers are going to have me here. 1850-715-958. Give us uh, a shout on that number. That's the phone number there. Uh, give us a call in if you can on, on that one. And Mary would really appreciate it. Do you have a name on him? Um, he was called Kerry Blue. Right, and that that was just the name that you mentioned at the start there. Yes, so you, you, I didn't, I didn't call him. It probably was my parents, maybe. At the yeah. Time. 
Yeah. I know him as Kerry Blue because he's the he's a picture of the Kerry Blue dog. If I don't know if they're still in. They are. Are they? They are. Kerry Blues are still a very okay. important uh, breed of dog as well. So they are still about, that's for sure. Oh. So Kerry Blue is his name. He's 80 years young. He was made in Eris in County Mayo. And Mary would love if somebody could help her to have him restored. The stuffing restored in the lovely uh, dog. Oh my God, that's a great one. That I think that is the, the, the oldest one we've heard of, Mary, oh, so far. Really? Yeah, yeah. you've pipped somebody else with a 70-something-year-old the other day, but an 80-year-old first, and, and you've had it from a child, and you've treasured them. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, well, he was put away in a case, and uh, in the case, um, I found my first storybook, A Day in Fairyland is the name of it. Right. And I remember that being bought for me, Jerry, because I was in Dundalk getting shoes for my first communion, and I saw this book in Woolworths, and I cried till I got it. And now my mum probably didn't have enough money to get it for me, but she got it anyway. Right. Oh, my. Yeah. Memories, memories. Yes. And the pictures are by Anna Mae Seguin. Have you ever heard of her? Never heard. That's first time. And story by Sigrid Rahams, I think. I right. Read it now. And you have that from your communion? So I have that from, from all them years, yeah, 1947. My, oh my dear, you hardly remember where the shop, do you? Oh, in Woolworths, I do, of course I do, yes. Do you? Yes. Yeah, yes. remember that well, my, my. Yes, yes. Well, Isn't it great, these, you know, uh, books and teddies and dolls and things from our past who hold so many memories for, oh, for yes. us, you yes. know? They're... And in that particular case was my christening bonnet. As well? As well, yeah. <laughs> and you have it all safe and sound. I have it all safe and sound. Oh, listen, yeah. treasure it, mind it, take care of it forever. I Let's see, see if we can help you with the, with the with the toy dog to see if we can get somebody, uh, we can uh, put you in contact with somebody would, that would restore him from the, the stuffing perspective. Mary, lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking our call. Oh, thank you very much, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That is uh, just a wonderful story. Can you help, Mary? It's a straw type of stuffing in the dog it's 80 years of age uh, anybody know anybody who does work like that restoration or a, a, even a company or a business that does do get in touch with us 086 658 by whatsapp or text if you can point us in a direction there we'd love to help her out or 1850 if you'd like to call in Jean is on the line from County Meath and this is a dolly story with a slight twist hello Jean Good afternoon, Jerry, and how are you? I'm great this afternoon, and it's lovely to talk to you. Now, tell us about the Crawley doll. Okay, well, I'll take you back to the Christmas of 74. Okay. A very magical time in children's life, as you'd imagine. Walking up the town, and Conley Brothers' window in Kells was lit up magical. You had the dolls, the teddy bears, scooters... The big line was upstairs where we used to run up after school in Sydenham. <laughs> so there was a beautiful lady in there. And this lady always reminded me of a Hollywood actress. And her name was Miss Doyle. Kitty Doyle was her name, but we were never allowed to address her as Kitty. It was Miss Doyle. Yes. And she had beautiful, big, bright red lipstick and her hair tied back in a bun. And I was kind of slightly infatuated with her because she was so elegant and beautiful. And she spoke beautifully. So the Crawley doll came in and she took centre place in the window. She had a beautiful pink 
chest gingham uh, dress on her. Beautiful big sandals on it. They were like a big, big, unusual sandal. Nearly mm. fit myself at the time. Right. Gorgeous, big, big ringlets in her hair. And she was a crawly doll. So I go in and I say, Miss Doyle, I said, I love that from Santa Claus. So she took her out and she showed me she could walk and you could pull a string at the back of her and she could talk. She could do everything. I was mesmerized. So I'd say I went in from September probably up until Christmas. And I'd say to my parents, I'm getting that crawly doll for Christmas. Santa is going to bring me that. So I'd go back in every single evening, Jerry, and I'd say, um, Miss Doyle, I'm getting that, aren't I, off Santa Claus? And she'd say, yes, you are. And I'd be so, so happy and delighted. So Christmas came anyway, and Christmas Eve came, and I waited and I waited for Santa Claus to come and got up Christmas morning. No crawly doll. Never got her, Jerry. Oh, no. No, never got the crawly doll. Well, I cried and I sobbed. And I looked around the house and I ran out the back and I thought, Santy must have put it somewhere. Even went back down when we were going to Mass and looked in the window, the crawly was do- the doll was gone. So I thought, it's definitely mine because Santy was to bring me that, but no doll. Oh, so my. anyway, I never kind of mentioned and I said to my parents then that day, you know, at the dinner, I said, I never got the doll. I never got the crawly doll. And Daddy said to me, but you got a beautiful button accordion. I didn't want a button accordion, Jerry. No. I didn't want it. I certainly <laughs> did not want a button accordion. And I mean, the button accordion was probably ten times more expensive than, than the doll. But because my father was, you know, in show bands and sang and that, and, and I'm very musical myself, and I sing and, you know, and... He probably thought, looking back on it now, they probably thought, well, this would be more beneficial to her yes. than a crawly doll. Who so got the all, doll? Who got well, the doll? Did girl, you ever find out? I did. I did. A girl in my class came in with us after Christmas and she nearly, God love her, broke her neck in the door with a beautiful doll. I'll never forget it. The doll she was nearly as big, because we were all kind of very small, but the doll was nearly as big as us all and there was the doll standing. Well, Jerry, when I tell you, I never forgot from that day to this the beautiful Crawley doll in Connolly Brothers' shop. <laughs> oh, I can just picture you on Christmas morning. And again, a double whammy when the doll arrived yep. in school with another yep. child. Oh, Absolutely. my. Absolutely. And I know people would say, you know, and they're ringing in with beautiful memories, but not everybody had the fantastic memory of getting everything with the teddy bears and the dolls. No. You know, so I mean, I think it's always lovely to explore both sides. Yes, yes, and that's that's why we wanted to hear your story as well. But here's the punchline. Did you ever get a doll, any type of a doll, or a teddy or anything when you were smaller? I had a beautiful teddy called Ronnie. And I still actually have him. He has three legs. (laughs) And I have him. And, you know, there was more secrets confided into poor Ronnie. And there was more tears shed with him and more laughs had... And more adventures with Ronnie. So that kind of, you know, it kind of made up for, for the Crawley. Yes, 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 yes. Well, there you are. Ronnie will always be yours. You still have him. Absolutely. But the poor Crawley doll just wasn't to be. So I was just thinking, Jerry, if there was anybody out there with a little Crawley doll that, you know, they no longer needed or anything, I just kind of get to look, to look yes. at one now, to see even, you know, the memories, I can still actually see her. Now, there's another 
listener we want to help. We want to help Jean in the Royal County today. Anyone got a Crowley doll that would bring the memories back that Jean could have a look at or whatever? Come on, you're great people. I know you are. Give us a shout and we'll see what we can do on that one as well. God almighty, we're trying to fix an awful lot here on Late Lunch yeah. this afternoon and we're going back years as well. Jean, it's been a pleasure. What a great storyteller you are. Likewise, Terry. Thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. God bless. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Jean and me. What a lovely lady she is. The Crawley doll. Can we make that happen? Anyone got a Crawley that Jean could uh, have a look at, get a touchy feel even all those years ago? It might make up in some little way for that little child that was disappointed on Christmas morning. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp text, please. 1857-15958. Let's head to the first break on this Thursday afternoon on Late Lunch. Dermot Bulger wants to tell me about his teddies of yesteryear. Afternoon, Dermot. How are you, Jerry? How are you? I'm very good. Tell me the story, because you've a couple, you've, you've a teddy and a, 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 a rabbit, is it? Uh, well, I don't have them, Jerry. My mother has them in Kilkenny. Right. But there's, there's four in total that, for as long as I remember, have been sitting on my parents' bed in Kilkenny. And the, the, I, I, when I heard you the other day, I gave her a ring to find out the history of them. <laughs> and there's, <laughs> there's one of them. There's one of them that you sit on the end of the bed. He was a kind of a dog with a green collar. And uh, she called him Mucky Pup. And he was, he was bought just before my parents were married. They were in, in London. And uh, she, he saw this thing in a shop in the London Underground. And my mother must have admired it. And he went back the next day to buy it. Ah, romance. Uh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> so Mucky Pup is one. Go on, yes. Mucky Pup is one. The rabbit then, there's a blue rabbit that uh, looks like looks like it's been round the block, but uh, that the, he bought he bought in Italy. Uh, he was over at my uncle's uh, wedding in December of 1964, right. and he bought the blue rabbit. And I think he must have bought it from my mother because we always knew it as her rabbit. Yeah, and uh, uh, and that's that's the other one, and that's 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 still there. And then the other two that she has, she has two that belonged to my father as a baby. And they were given to him. They were given to him when he was born in 1938. Wow! And the, there's there's a, a small little monkey, a little flat monkey with flat hands, and um, and then there's a lovely teddy that I think my mother had restored in more recent times. But that's still sitting there, and the four of them sit happily on her bed in Kilkenny for as long as I remember. <laughs> well, you know what I'm thrilled about? You were listening and it prompted you, Dermot, to pick up the phone and do your research and now you have a history of the four of them. Well, that's, I was, do you know what, Jerry? I was driving out to Carlingford the other day and I was just listening to you on the radio and I heard this and I said, I must ring my mother. And, that, and before I knew it, I had photographs of the teddies and all the history of them back that she said, because I knew nothing of the history of them. And uh, so she sent it all back to me. Well, you know what? We thank you for sharing your story with us today and delighted that you now have a, a firmer grip and knowledge on that vital part of the Bulger family history. Thank you very much, <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Dermot. Okay. Appreciate it. Take, take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kathleen Black is with me. Afternoon, Kathleen. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Tell us about your fella. My fella, I got him. Uh, I was born in March, and for my first Christmas, Santi brought me a teddy. Now, he was only called Teddy, and my granddaughter has confiscated him last year and brought him home to her place. So you gave him up, Kathleen? Well, I haven't given him up. He's still there. <laughs> she's minding him for you, is she? She's minding him, and she's not letting him go anywhere. 
isn't it? He's well worn and torn at this stage. The Mm. hand was rubbed off and I used to suck my thumb. Right. I'd hold hold his hand and rub my thumb on his hand. So there's a bare patch worn down on his hand. Oh, my. And now it's passed on as well. For you, though, this will be coming to the 6-0 mark around that, would it, 50, 60? He, he, he will be 60. I was 60 last month, so he'll be 60 in December. Have a party, Kathleen. <laughs> Have a big bash for him now. Come on, this is, a, this is the teddy bear's picnic, the teddy bear's party. <laughs> uh, uh, have this now and just make a little location around it. I think it'll be fantastic. But That's a good it, idea. Again, they, they just mean so much, don't they? Oh, they really oh, do. Absolutely. absolutely. Mm. That teddy went everywhere on his way. He moved from my home to my home here now with yeah. us and... And in the good care. What's your granddaughter's name? Samara. Oh, lovely name. So Samara has him on loan for the moment. She's on loan and he's sitting below on her bed. (laughs) Lovely. Lovely. I think that's the joy of it as well. And they survive and they might be a little bit uh, not as pristine as they once were, but they do mean so much to so many people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kathleen, lovely to talk to you. You too, Jerry. Take Thank care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's bye-bye. Kathleen Black. And I mean that. They just keep coming and coming to us. Uh, we've opened something here uh, with people, and it's fantastic to hear people wanting to talk about the memories of something they had from a very, very young age, from the start of life with many people as well. Louise Walsh, you see what you started here? Do you see what you started with that fill of yours? And you're saying to me, if last week was it, we should do something and chat about this. Look where it's gone. Haywire. Well, I, th- I thought I was the only one who kept no. the teddies. No, 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 no. Not at all. My God almighty. It's great to hear it, though, and and what they mean to people and what they evoke in terms of their childhoods and through the years and the milestones you heard, Lucia, at the start. Communion. And like a lot of those people would have moved from house Mm, to house mm. and clear outs and everything, and they didn't throw out the teddy. They didn't part with the teddy or the dolly. And wasn't Jean's story something else? You know, we were all waiting for the happy ending. None. And there wasn't. But maybe somebody has a crolly that can help us out on that one. Anyway, that's uh, it for the moment put the teddies to bed we'll put the teddies to bed we will we will at this stage and thank you to everybody who has been in touch and continue to get in touch with us it is fantastic time for a catch up with my next guest on Late Lunch this afternoon. In her time she's been a journalist. She's well known for the right space. She's helped so many people creating books and publishing them and now she's into stand-up comedy. I'm curious and we're going to find out over the next while why. What has prompted this? Brenda Woods, you're welcome back to Late Lunch. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's great, great to, to see yeah. you again. Thank you. Stand up comedian Brenda Woods. Well, it's, I'm only learning the ropes at the minute, so I had to be kind of very honest about it. It's, 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 you know, it's great. It's a hobby I have now, so I'm going for it. Why not? <laughs> only twenty-one, Jerry. <laughs> 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 and looks, I tell you, she does look oh, a yeah, picture. She could, she could pass for twenty one any day. I honestly say that. You know, stand up comedy is not easy by any means. You are up there. There's no protection, no nothing. The audience and you. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Do you have this in you for some time? Were you what? Were you regarded as someone who'd you know be a funny person within family joker that type of thing? No. Well, years ago when I look yeah. back. Okay. Right, looking back at this uh, thing, um, I could see that I was doing impressions of people and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, a little silly. Thing. Yes, yes. But anyway, yes. my dad used to play guitar and he was very much out and doing things and, you know, performing and that kind of stuff. But I started writing funny little 
books, small books for myself. Uh, I suppose when my first child was on the way. And um, then I always just I love writing funny things, mm. funny stories, funny books. I'm writing about my own life now and my own spare time as well. That's funny, you know. So I thought, oh, this would be interesting to kind of bring it into a public arena. <laughs> Brenda, tell me this. Where did you do your first gig? Right. Well, the first one, I actually have to mention this or I'll be killed, right? But the first, uh, I did a course uh, called You Talk Funny. Uh, run by uh, a very unassuming chap called Kieran McMahon, who is in Australia at the minute. I don't okay. know what he's doing down there. But anyway, so he did, he had a course and he said, okay, if you could do my course, we'll see what happens. Because I, you know, foolishly went to Aidan Shields in Dundalk, not foolishly, and I said, Aidan, do you think this is funny? And I showed him a little thing of a little character I have, right? Uh, who is a nun who, anyway, uh, he said, well, I don't know if he was like, he said, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. So I said, oh, that's great. That's great. So I kind of rang around. But anyway, I got Kieran. So um, I went up and I did the course, which was really good. And then we had a graduation ceremony. I'm inverted commas with that for you now. Uh, in the Workman's, which was across the road from uh, from where we were in the pub upstairs. And uh, I said, well, I won't be doing that now. I won't be doing that. I'll just go and I'll support everybody. So there was, oh, you'll do it, you'll do it. So this girl who was from the Ukraine, she goes, you will do it now. I'm going to give you some of this red wine. And, you would, and I said, OK. So next thing, she gave me the red wine. I got up and I did it. And my husband and my friend, Ona, we were there kind of going, she was looking at me going, I was like, oh, my God, I'm in front of you all. But once I was in front of everybody, I was very calm. It was really okay. good. Yeah, it was a good experience. So in at the deep end. In at the deep end. Why not <laughs> go for it? So you're away. That's your first. Yeah. And you've done yeah. others subsequently. I yes. have. I've been, uh, that was about a year ago. And I was in Jester. Well, I am in Jester's. I'm in the Battle of the Axe in two weeks on the 23rd. Um, that's in the Hapney Bridge Inn in Dublin. I, I've been to the Open Michelle, Cherry Comedy, Kyo's Comedy Corner. And I've been in heat for the best new stand-up <laughs> breakout act. This is the funny thing in itself. In the Cherry Comedy. Now, I was in a heat, okay? That was okay. like, you know, the way in sports races, you're in a heat. Yes, it's a tie. Now, no, no, I was in. Oh, you're in one heat. I understand. I there's different eight. heats, yeah, and there's so, qualifiers through yeah. from the heats. I but beg I your pardon. Was, but I was number one in. The- <laughs> So anyway, no, I didn't win. No, I mean, okay. I was number one in the Okay, all right, all right. But it was great. It was just yeah. an experience. It was mm. good crack, you know. So yeah. you're 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 practising. This is all a learning yeah, curve yeah, for you. Brilliant, yeah. Would, would you love to, you know, get a few bound for this someday? Oh, I wouldn't mind. Of course I wouldn't mind. But it's just, it's a hobby that came out of kind of, I suppose, this creative, as I've always been very creative. Yeah. And a creative need to kind of just express myself in a different way, mm. making it very serious. But it, it was during a time where I thought I was going to go and do a different career and it didn't work out. So I said, okay, we'll keep the old brain going and do this. So I did it. It would be nice. It's, um, look, I don't I don't uh, smoke. I hardly drink. God, it sounds awful. I'm very boring. Um, I just spend the money on a bus going to Dublin. <laughs> and when I'm in Dublin, I stand up on the stage and I do this. And I meet other people that I know. And yeah. There's a lot of people up there now that we all know each but other. But that's the way this yeah. circuit it works. You cut your teeth yeah, in these absolutely. venues and you ply your trade for a while and then sometimes, sometimes you're just plucked and away you go from there. Are you mm. open to offers? Like oh, people course. are listening today and they're looking for a comedy turn. Yeah, absolutely. Is Brenda Woods oh, available? Yeah. Well, I mean, I also, definitely, and I also do the other alternative uh, comedy act, Sister Immaculata, 
Kaur and she is a right B-I-T-C-H and she appears sometimes now and she's definitely trying to talk to you Jerry, at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I better press the I, jump button press, here, will I? <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't bring her out but she, uh, she's good crack. She's got a thousand, over a thousand views on YouTube. Great. And um, my own one piece that I have there is doing okay too. It's nearly a thousand. Mm. So um, you learn, you have to hone the craft. It's actually really difficult because you have an idea. You wake up, you go, oh, there's a, there's a joke, right, about bears or something. And you think, okay, how am I going to make this work? And so before your breakfast, I usually, well, I usually write st- something out. And then I go, that's not funny. What's funny with a bear? What would be funny if you saw a bear? A bear in a bicycle. Okay, a bear in a bicycle is funny, right? Um, so I did that for a while. And it's, it's just constantly doing it, then performing it at home, learning it in front of a mirror, in front of the wardrobe. And then saying, right, OK, you're going to have to stand up in front of real people now. <laughs> and, they're going to go, <laughs> and you go, you go way on the stage and you turn and you look at everybody from Philadelphia, from uh, Mayo. This is the last one I did from um, Hamburg, all in the room, all in this little tiny room, no bigger than, say, this room. Studio right? here, yeah. And they're looking at you and you're going, oh, my God. There's no hiding. Oh, my God. So you start off your routine yeah. and you have to know it inside out, nearly your routine. And yeah. you have to kind of be ready for somebody who gets up in the middle of it and walks away. They leave. And I've seen that happen Annie a lot of times. No, but there's always kind of a little uh, person sitting kind of right in front of me on the left with his arms crossed all the time. I don't know what that is. I think he follows me everywhere. <laughs> they put him in the audience on purpose like, just yeah. to unease you maybe a little bit. So I look bit. at him a lot and I yeah. kind of, you know, smile and then he, he kind of might smile. Mm. And oh, it's, you know, you ha- but you have to play to the people who are actually laughing. You can't. Yes put your energy into the one mm. who's just sitting looking How long would a set last? Uh, seven minutes. Oh, grand. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. so bad. But when you're up there it probably no, feels up there, it flies by, does it? It actually flies. Yeah. It actually is like what's the word? It's like going into a TARDIS. You don't even know you're yeah. there. And it yeah. shows you're enjoying yourself and it's going well because it's like this game here. If an interview is dragging it uh, feels as if oh, it's forever. Yeah. But you know when it whips along. Yeah, it's great. That's the it's real great, science. Yeah. So there's a parallel. Well like I mean I always say like my name as you know is Brenda Woods Finnegan. Like Brand is a Norse name, Woods is my maiden name, and Finnegan is my slave name, right? And I started off like that. And if somebody, if they laugh, like you're, you're trying to laugh. <laughs> I never, I, I never heard it put like that before. <laughs> so and I, I've said that a few times in the bank. You see, I've tried it out with these people. They're like, what's your name? And, I go, and then they go, oh, that's funny. So then I go, right, okay, that's funny. And if my husband laughs at a joke, which is he, he, he wouldn't laugh at many things, but he laughs at my jokes. I go, that's funny. Yeah. So I kind of keep that in. So he's, right? he's, he's good to bounce off, and well, yeah, really good, really mm. good because he, he he says yeah and he, he won't go oh that's hilarious he'll just go yeah that's funny <laughs> I really admire you because this is a, a, a tough game and a tough yeah, road you're tough. going down and uh, mm. you know it's it's great to hear that you are look the other thing you're doing best man speeches yes yes I know you see I think it's just been create, oh, creative but things just emerge <laughs> kind of sometimes I think oh that's a good idea maybe I should do that so at Christmas time when I did the other two uh, books in the right space for uh, the SS Dundalk and for Kathleen Chute who are you anyway guests on late lunch <laughs> in recent times Get all of them Kathleen know, is fantastic oh what a wonderful goodness. book that woman put She's together woman. and the SS Dundalk what yeah. a story that is as well and copies still available yes mm. anyway uh, yes no, this this person approached me through my son actually and uh, he said that his uh, his parents were getting married and I kind of suggested well, what would you like to say blah 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 so he came up with something very very deep and meaningful for a young and so I thought, right, maybe I have a little bit of a talent of helping people to create something. Because 
because I used to do features in the Sunday newspapers and yes. the nationals. So I knew what would kind of be the the little icicle, the eye of the, the tiger. You bring that out and get people going, oh my God, that's so sad or happy. So two people approached me after that and I wrote them and uh, Oh my God, they had, I've seen one video and it was a girl, believe it or not, and she got up and she was just fantastic. So like I'm open, yeah, it's on Facebook, Best Man Speech Service, but I only do it if somebody kind of is interested and if you, if you think that you need help with your speech, if you're a best man or a, or a father of the bride or a bridesmaid, whatever. Just contact me there on Facebook. Anybody yeah. from the Anybody. wedding party, it doesn't matter yeah, if you feel you need help. You know, we've seen the ones that are real lead balloon speeches. Oh, my God, oh. it can go horribly wrong, can't it? It, it really can. It, it and if can. it goes wrong, it's catastrophe. It's terrible. And there is a formula I stick to because everything is a formula, as I know from the books. Everything is a formula. There's two funny bits in it and there's maybe the really emotional bit gets into the middle, right? Where the objective is to get people not to cry, but to be going, oh, that's amazing. That's really good. And then the funny bit again. And I show people how to stand up and perform that because holding a microphone is different for a speech than holding it if you're singing. If you're singing, it's in front of you. If you're, you know, as you know yourself, Jerry, it's just, you know, little things and like little tricks, like maybe, um, I don't know, I said tricks of the trade, but like maybe, um, you know, here is, I don't know, a list of all the holidays we went on and somebody takes out a huge list of paper and, you know, says, Beat the well, we won't talk about that. And, you know, stuff like that. Yes. You know, you can add in or subtract. Mm. But yeah, they are, they, so far so good. So I don't know, if anybody's interested, just approach me and uh, take it from there. She is available and this is the woman knows about writing. Let's head to a short break on late lunch. Brenda Woods is with me. And when we come back, did you know that this woman was the first Irish journalist interviewed Jerry and Kate McCann in Port? Portugal. And of course, she met Mr. Bill Clinton and interviewed him when he came to Dundalk. We're going to talk about those memories after the break. Coming to a venue near you soon, comedian Brenda Woods is with me on Late Lunch. How do you, do you like that? That's, I think I'll, I'll hire you to say those things all the time, Jerry. That's great. I love that. Why not? I'd love to do yeah. it for you. No bother. Anyway, come back to a, a little bit of, of history with yeah, you. No problem. Netflix, there's been a documentary yeah, recently about Madeleine McCann. You're familiar with yeah. it. And you were the first Irish journalist yeah. to meet them after she disappeared in Portugal. I know. I, I did, yeah, I did. It, it just happened that I was in the right place at the right time. Um, sometimes that does happen and you get a sense that the story might be there. So you go, we were on holidays, myself and my husband and my two children. We were in Alvor, which is really popular with people. So I said, um, would you mind if I get a taxi? <laughs> Good print illusion, see if I can just see anything, you know. And they were saying, oh, yeah, but you're looking back for your tea at five, whatever, we'll all go out for something. I said, well, that's grand. Got into a taxi and had a great chat with the man. And um, at the end, he said, why are you going in here? It was literally outside that church. He parked and I said, well, I tell you why I'm here. I'm trying to get a story on the McCann's. And he just kind of was like, okay, bye-bye. So I got out and um, the place was stifling hot. It was a there was ribbons everywhere. I was amazed that this was real. I know that sounds silly, but I had seen it on television and I thought, oh, this is actually real. Um, so after a while, when I walked down the promenade and back, and people were very suspicious of everybody. Everybody was looking at everybody and I was there in a red uh, dressy top. Like, I mean, it stood out like a sore thumb. Like, everybody was having a great sun holiday. But um, anyway, I went back up and I sat outside the church. I went into the church first and lit a candle for Madeleine McCann. And I came back out and this woman said, oh, there'll be nobody here until later. I said, that's grand. So I went outside and I thought, I'll ring, ring for that taxi and I'll come back. I'll go back to the apartment. And just as I was having my, my little bit of water, my sandwich, 
um, Jerry and Kit McCann came out of the front door of that church holding hands. <laughs> I was like, this is very surreal. <laughs> What's going on here? Because I was only in the church and now they're coming out of it. And um, when I looked, there was a camera crew from Germany and then uh, Clarence Mitchell was there as well. And uh, so I said, I went over to Clarence Mitchell and I said, would it be possible that I could talk to one of the McCanns, please? Now, I didn't, you know, you chance your arm, you try it. So he said, Who, where are you from? And I mentioned I was writing it for the Sunday World at the time. And also then I subsequently I wrote it for the Sunday Independent. So... Um, he said, yeah, okay, that's fine. So I went over and I was talking to Kate McCann. I, I literally held her hand and I just said, I'm very sorry. Um, it just, it was horrific. And she she did have, she was there with a the little cuddled cat, as I reported it in the other hand. And um, I said, I'm from Ireland. I'm a mother. I have a child exactly the same age as Madeline. And um, I just sympathise. I, I, what do you do? Just sympathise. And she said, oh, just pray for us. And thank you. And study goal is a lovely place. And this kind of, you know, little bits and pieces of things coming out. And then um, her husband came over then, Jerry, and she said, this girl's from Ireland. And he said, oh, thanks for the letters from Ireland. Please, you know, thank them. So that was it. And um, I said, well, thank you very much. And I wrote up what she had told me, uh, pray for us. And that was the main headline then, pray for us. And um, what I had, what I wrote. So that was it. It was was about two or three weeks after the child had gone missing. Gone missing. And here we are all these years later and still nothing. There's still no end in sight to to, uh, an answer as to what actually happened, Madeleine McCann. Yeah, no answer. I went up to have a look at the the side of the apartment building as well as I would be... kind of nosy and I passed these other journalists who were saying oh there's going to be a press conference <laughs> at half five and I was like well I've got a story so I'm going home now to write it up so I didn't yeah. tell them that but so I had a look and uh, you know it was it was it, it was just yellow uh, police tape everywhere and I saw the window I saw the shutter from a distance with all that kind of powder on it and also I saw what I went into the reception area and that was a terrible atmosphere that mm. was just desperate. People just mm. wanted to get home. They were filling buses and, and moving out very yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah, People wanted to get away. Yeah. The other big notch in your belt was when Clinton rolled into the dock. <laughs> oh, you, Bill. You, you interviewed him, Bill did you? Bill. I did. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, absolutely. And was I he have, charming, Bender? I was like, oh, I'm not going to talk to him. And he was actually very charming. <laughs> and I didn't think he would be. I Has was he that be, effect on women? Well, now, I would say he was very charismatic. Mm. I would definitely have to say that. And I didn't think that at the time. And right. it was in Dundalk. I was mm. working for the Dundalk Democrat. And um, I kind of got a wee bit of backstage area, kind of on, on not on Earl Street, but on uh, Crow Street, because uh, I'd gone to, I'd interrupted a few meetings, you know, with special branch people and stuff like that. And they had seen me then. It's like, come over here. So that's fine. They knew me. I was up on the big riser before that on Earl Street. So I was the only one on the riser from Ireland, by the way. So that was another big coup. So I went down and I was waiting my turn and we had Tommy the bike had a saxophone or something and he was giving it. And I was like, this is bonkers. And then I was like, hello, President Clinton, hello. And he goes, oh, well, I can't do it. But he held my hand. He was holding my hand. He was like, hi. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And I said, well, about peace and about, you know, the Dundalk Democrat and you're a Democratic president and all the usual, you know. Yes, that was a good tie, wasn't it? It was on. I had it ready now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Completely overwhelmed by the charm of the man, but anyway, went home and um, oh, it was great. It was a great feeling because he he, he definitely um, at that time there was definitely a buzz about about yeah, him. And there about was, the and yeah, look absolutely. at the difference his intervention and his uh, officials in this country. What what yeah. it made, you know, to ultimately yeah. the Belfast Agreement and peace. Yes, and and uh, Hillary Clinton was. I met her as well. Did you? And yeah. Chelsea, but Brit, you know, and funnily enough, I said to Hillary Clinton, "Do you think you'll ever be going for the presidency or something?" Not that obviously I gave her that idea, Jerry. Oh, you know, Brenda, she, come she just on. said, "Oh, I think I'll do that." <laughs> so she said, "Yeah." No, she said, oh, "No, I don't." Uh, and I went, "Okay." You nearly met the first woman president <laughs> of the United did. States. There you the go. husband and the wife. Oh, God. I nearly got the, the triple package. And, uh, <laughs> would you like to meet Trump? Do you know what? I would like to meet him and not meet, not meet him, excuse me. But I, if I met him, I'd like to have the right thing to say to him. Hmm. But I wouldn't <laughs> so many things you could say to him. <laughs> would you like to meet him, Gary? I don't know. No. I used to enjoy him when he was on The Apprentice USA, but he should have stayed there. You know, <laughs> but you know what? He's taken the theme from The Apprentice USA because in the White House, all they hear now is "You're fired." You're fired. Yeah, yeah. He's just fired everybody, left, right. So I yeah. think he's still presenting The Apprentice in the White House. I'd like to interview the wife. What's her name? Melania. Melania. I'd love to interview her because yeah. I'd love to get the character of her. A bit elusive. She was talking she? like this, maybe. Yeah. And does she have a body double? Does she have two? She has a few, I'm sure she'll probably be killed. You see, you're actually <laughs> writing comedy on the British. hoof here as we on speak this afternoon. Yeah, I just see it. I mean, <laughs> I, I would love to meet her because she has a great way of, of kind of never opening her eyes completely fully, but uh, but looking very demure. She's she really, does. really good. She's she does. Lovely, yeah. yeah, you know, anyone else you'd like to meet in the world that's famous? Uh, famous people, not in particular uh, anybody ringing a bell at the minute, I suppose. Um, I have to, I thought about May. Um, this is May, but then again, I think we're going to have a good crack at Halloween this year um, because of Brexit. It's right. been delayed. Do you think it'll go right to the wire? I think so. And then I think somebody might say, oh, for goodness sake, if that was an Irish person, they'd just get in and go, oh, for goodness sake, we just like, cop yourselves on. Do you know what I think may happen? Well, I think they may go and vote again. That they Another, may put some yeah. options in front of the people. It's that deadlocked with the crowd in Westminster yeah. Yeah. that they may do that. But time will tell. But they've got yeah. to Halloween now. Guy Fawkes night. Do you remember what he yeah. tried to do in the Parliament? I, <laughs> 
think they might do that if they don't get their heads together between now and then the gunpowder plot what? History will repeat yes, itself in definitely. 2019 for definitely, sure yeah. She would be interesting to talk to because she would just say the same things maybe all the time I don't know but she would be interesting I'd also like to interview people just normal people that I've heard of you know I heard mm. some very unusual things happen to them and why they've done things um, I'd like to talk you know people who've been through a lot I, that's like Lily Mae do you remember I did that yeah, the yeah. book for that wee girl yeah. like I mean she's I think she's 12 now I'd nice, love to nice interview her again there, yeah she was great yeah. anyway I wanted to chat to you today and it's been very pleasant again may I wish you well with the yes. stand up comedy Brenda Woods coming to a venue near you I'll say that once more <laughs> she is available gonna, and she would love to uh, do gigs with people oh by the way Terry, can I just mention I'm so sorry I forgot but I'm trying to put a charity gig on together and um, if anybody knows of a charity I'm sure there's loads of them and a venue that you might have in mind I could possibly try and get a few comedians to come down okay. and do it for so so contact me at the number that I have it's 086-810-4927 and we have yeah. that number here Thank and you. we can pass it on to you Lovely. thank you so much for Thank dropping you. in did you know this that loneliness is one of the most serious issues that anyone can face in their lifetime we hear about smoking being bad for you obesity many other things as well but it's now proven that loneliness is a huge issue and it's a huge issue for people who live alone and as we age so when I spotted a project in County Meath called Never Home Alone I was really curious and I want to bring it to you today and tell you all about it. I'm joined on the show today by Stephen McKee. He's a teacher at Eureka Secondary School in Kells. Uh, a couple of the students are here with us as well. Nora Barry's here and Emma Gorman. And we're joined as well by a very important gentleman. Michael O'Connell is on the show with us today and you're going to hear from him in a moment. You're all very welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you for joining me. If I could start with yourself, Stephen, will you tell us what Never Home Alone in essence is about? I'm a teacher at Eureka Secondary School and as part of our YSI programme, Young Social Innovators, um, we would have ran a brainstorming session with students um, way back September, October time. Um, And one of the issues where we're trying to identify um, a social issue of interest to the students and an issue that did come up that the students had mentioned was the issue of loneliness and social isolation. And I think, I mean, when you think of the word uh, loneliness, it's almost like a taboo term in in certain respects and people don't like talking about it. But the reality is um, from all the research that the the students have done and and, in reality, it's their project. all the studies have shown that that it's a very very serious problem in society in Ireland today, and and I suppose, you know, we've never lived in a more um, connected world, you know, technology, but actually people have never been more lonely. I read that uh, phrase in, in your release on this. We live in the most interconnected period in history, but people are lonelier than ever. That really does sum it up, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And and reality is that loneliness affects. All, all people of all ages. Yeah. Um, now, we decided to focus in on senior citizens in particular. Okay. Um, and we decided we, we ran a, a very successful fundraiser um, in aid of Third Age. Now, Third Age, uh, a local-based charity there in Summerhill. Know it well. Um, Anya Brady, CEO there. And, and they've provided us with a lot of support. We've also received a lot of support from Age Friendly Ireland. Um, Catherine McGuigan on your board from Mead County Council and from other stakeholders such as Prosper Mead um, and also from in particular Dean Cairns there local guard there in, in North Really Mead. good guy as well Let me bring the two ladies into the conversation Nora Barry and Emma Gorman are with us here You are transition year students at Eureka in Kells and you're representing a wider group we have to say here today So tell us 
What about this? What did you do practically? How did this work? Nora? Okay, so we were kind of brainstorming in our YSI class. We have a one class every week dedicated to thinking about how we can get our information out about our project. And we are brainstorming. And Mr. McKee um, told us about uh, Dr. Keith Swanick. And we got in touch with him and we were talking to him in the doll. And he also t- uh, showed us his research um, paper called A Connected Island. Yes. And we were taking a lot of what he put into that in our project. And we met him in the doll and he talked to us about his research as a doctor into loneliness and the effect it has. And you wouldn't really think it's something that would affect you your health as much as your yes, brain. Yes, as I said at yeah. the beginning there, it does. Yeah. It's as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I didn't know the number. Yeah, there you go. It's crazy. Yeah. And when in the doll, we're talking to him about what we can do. So we've started an eight-week programme in our school to include uh, senior citizens in our school. When did it begin? It began... Um, January time, January, was it? Yes. Yeah, and you're about year. six weeks into yeah. it now, a couple of weeks to go. Tell me this, Emma Gorman, what did you do to link with people like the wonderful Michael O'Connell here? Because you were a youngster starting out in your life. Michael has a lot of life experience with him as well. How did it work? Uh, well, we got in contact kind of around the area with the clubs and just with kind of people we knew. Um, and we just then, we came up with a, we like kind of, split our class into groups so we put different groups with different activities and people with different like leaders um, so after we split ourselves into groups we done out a timetable and everyone was sent the list of the timetable just so we have an idea of what we we're going to do every week and mm. so what did you do so we started off by just doing like say for example it was a gorgeous day one of the days so we went on a walk we just had a walk we called it a walk and a talk just to get everyone out there and like and was chat. that just yourselves the young people or did you link with the senior citizens we linked all the things we do every activity linked. was linked. linked you were linking yeah. yourselves yeah. With, 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 with the other folks yeah. so the, one of the things you went for a walk and you chatted as you walked on a lovely yeah. day and we cooked and karaoke we even <laughs> done <laughs> hey Michael were you karaoke and Michael well, I, I didn't. I wasn't able to get out of the chair. But yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what do you make of this whole thing that's happening? You linking with these young, uh, young people from Eureka? Well, uh, for me, it's the best part of my life. I've always been working hard, and I've just went eighty years of age now, and uh, this it has to be the best part of my life because meeting all the young people. I, I don't feel anything during the day, only young. And I feel <laughs> I feel so good, it's great. Oh and my God, that's the, brilliant. The thing is that if you want something done, if they see you in a chair, you know, they're all around you. They're very good. You mm. know, they always come to you and look after you and if you want something done, they'll do it for you. Yes. They go to all the... I need a straw when I'm drinking tea and <laughs> there weren't any in the school when they were in first. And... First thing they de- they disappeared. Some of them disappeared, and the next thing they came back with the bundle of straws. They, you know, they're A so good. Thing, they're but so good. So important. Yes. And uh, with all the, the, I'm involved with the active retirement groups. Um, we, I've been around before. I had the, to get into the chair. We used to go dancing, and the big, a lot of people dancing from around my age. And they'd all be on the floor together. There's no such thing as some of them sitting down. They just want to play it out to the last. And that's what I, I'd love the, the young people to understand too, and which they do to a point. Okay, but so... They, they, they have no problem to mix with the 
older people, which they should be doing, and yes. I love doing it. Myself. Yeah, yeah. I'd so be you, lost. That's an aspect of, of your time and your culture that you want to pass on to these girls. What do you make of that? This is a two-way process, isn't it, between Michael and, and his ilk and yourselves? Yes. Yeah, we were we were chatting with one of the women we were working with and she told us a very heartbreaking story about how she'd sit by her window and she would be begging, like nearly hoping someone would come knock on her door for a conversation and she would be looking through catalogues, ordering stuff so she could talk to the postman and like, have a simple conversation with someone. And like what people don't realise, like they just it's just a conversation, maybe spending a few... Hours of your day, just showing someone that you are, like acknowledge that they're there and you, they're your friend. Um, imagine yeah. you've got me there. I have to say, yeah, that somebody would be in that situation. Mm. You know, to actually order mm. something to get somebody, some human, to make contact with in a yeah. day. Yeah, and it's, it's shocking, yeah. isn't it? It's that loneliness that's everywhere, all age groups, like. Yeah, we don't. It's, it's such yeah, an yeah, unrecognised yeah. illness. It's yes, an epidemic. And, and when you're younger, you really don't see it mm. because you're you busy. Think it's never going to affect you. Yes, yeah. until but it is going to affect yeah. all of yeah. us because mm. that is life. We move along. We age, etc. Mm. So mm. that that is an example of something that you saw there as well, Stephen. And it's such a it's such a wonderful project in that its simplicity. You know, it's just connecting the generations, people who normally maybe otherwise wouldn't have any connection at all and and, and actually just it, it, it was fantastic when we did the, the cookery day I actually and maybe it's my own I, I actually thought that maybe the senior citizens would like to maybe very very stereotypical but bake brown bread you know and I said to them well maybe you want to teach the girls how to bake the brown bread and I actually said to me not a chance he said we're sick of making bacon brown bread so they wanted the girls to teach them something so when we asked them what they wanted the, the girls to do they yes, said uh, stir fry so we, we, we went from the plan was to bake brown bread but we went to the girls teaching the senior citizens how to how to cook a stir fry you know isn't that so brilliant it, it, it's wonderful Michael did you have some stir fry well, I did, of course. I sat there because I couldn't do anything myself. And I just, I was the taster for the day. Oh, Michael, <laughs> Michael, I'm a taster on this show every day. And you know what? It's a great bloody job. I have to say, don't yeah, knock yeah. it, don't knock it ever. How long are you in the chair, Michael? Uh, I'm not very long. I'm only in it since, uh, begin, well, I suppose, it, wait, I see, about the end of March of last year. Mm. I had to go to hospital, you see. I, I was suffering from a, 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 an unknown disease. They don't know what to make of it. It's a waste of the muscle, muscles. And that started 20 years ago. Mm. And I've been coming, it's getting worse all the time. But I, I had to go into hospital with my heart. And I was laying in bed for 45 days. And that's a lonely spot. Yeah. But um, I, I, I had to get into a chair when I came out of there because I lost more power. Mm. And they'll be there, I suppose. I can doddle around in the house very carefully. Yes. Do you live on your own, Michael? No, that's another thing. Only for my family, I wouldn't. I would don't know where I'd be or what I'd be doing. Yeah. Because uh, they're always there. I have three daughters, and I, as, as well as two sons. But the three daughters now, they're like three nurses to me all the time. They look Brilliant. after you. They look after you. So and if well. I wasn't, if they weren't there, I wouldn't be at home. I wouldn't. Or I wouldn't be able to be at home yes. unless I had constant help I know I so know. I, I feel very lucky and I feel very thrilled that I can get into these groups and be involved with them and that's keeping me going that's really keeping me going oh it's a great I, story I have the football club then I'm involved with that as well in the town yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm out three or well about three days three nights a week three days a week yeah great and you know it really is a privilege for us to have senior citizens 
Like, like Michael, like Michael uh, involved, involved as well. I want to take a short break on late lunch. Isn't this something really special? The young people, the transition year students of Eureka Secondary School in Kells doing something really special in their community. And we're talking about it today on Late Lunch. It's a wonderful, wonderful project. We'll be back in a moment. Never Home Alone is the name of the project we're talking about on Late Lunch today. Let me come back to the girls from Eureka. Eureka. Uh, Nora Barry and Emma Gorman are with us here. Nora, what do you get from this? What do you feel you're, you know, you're giving uh, on, on the one hand? What are you receiving? Um. Well... When you're thinking about old people, you're like, oh, they're just slow. Like, you don't want to really be giving them your time. Like, you've too much on your own life. But when we started talking to all the people that came in and we were talking to them and we were getting to know them and they're really interesting people and they're funny and they're like, they're just like us. We were joking <laughs> away and like talking and we were just doing, we were doing like making flowers out of paper and we were just doing little crafts, just chatting. Like, we're kind of focusing on just talking and getting to know them yes. over just something simple like making yeah. a little yeah. Isn't that now a revelation that yeah. people are interesting as the age? Yeah. All the, the most yeah. interesting people in the world, let me say, because they have the knowledge of life, the experience mm. and everything. And you're getting that as well. Yes, you feel that, yeah? Yeah, just even listen to the stories that they can tell is just, it's just to sit back and just watch and listen to them. It's, mm. it's, it is a good experience. For, it's a wonderful experience for us. Yes. No mind the the older citizens yeah. for us as well so it's you have a, a bit of crack yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's for sure Michael what about from your perspective in the in this whole thing you're a, a man who's lived long now at this stage what did you work at? I, I, I was uh, brought up on a small farm yeah and uh, I was the eldest of 11 so I was working all the time on the farm I was I was milking cows from when I was 8 years of age yeah and uh, I, at about 13 years of age my father said to me one day you'll have to help me to rear the rest of them. And from that on until now, I have uh, some sort of a feeling that I want to help everybody and, and that they'll be all right. And uh, it, that lived with me. I, I used to wonder where my children would all go and where my brothers and sisters were going to go when they grow up. That worried me. And I stayed with my father, I suppose. I was 23 before the land we moved house because he had to sell the farm. It wasn't good enough to keep things going. So it was, I was about 23 at that stage. And I never got paid from him because he couldn't afford it. And I knew it and I didn't look for it. And my mother would give me a shilling or two shillings every weekend to go to the picture. And uh, that was the way I lived. I didn't worry about money. It didn't bother mm. me. And uh, it was tough at school because the teacher was very hard on us. He had, he had a lash plant and he used it. And he, I seen him hitting the kids on the back of the legs. I seen him swelling children's hands. And to look at them now and to go into the school and see them all laughing and joking mm. and having good fun, that's a big, big difference. My God, what a difference mm. that was. And did you stay farming all your life? I didn't know. At... at uh, well, coming up to near the time when we had to sell the farm, my father was branching out to do other things, actually digging wells in the ground. Mm. And that's what I was at for a long time. Were you? I was down 74 foot in one of them. And uh, no helmets, no nothing, no safety. It was unbelievable and so dangerous. And it never crossed my mind. And uh, all those things were happening for a good while. And then I began to... Think I was I was after being engaged. I was got married. I was getting married at twenty five. Didn't know that at the time, but 
uh, fell in love at 14, 15 actually. And it was that <laughs> girl that I married. And I was in different places from time to time, but she was the only one I thought about all the time. What was her name? Uh, she was Anne. Anne Griffin was her name, but she, she died at 65 with cancer. Oh. And uh, that's about 14 years ago yeah. now. But I, I, when I got married, I was at 25. My father didn't get married till he was 39. And uh, I was born, at, he was 39 when I was born. And I used to see the hardship and trouble he was in all his life and trying to rear the, the family. He was 57 when my younger sister was born. My God. And... Uh, I was I was working away like and to try and help at that stage. It's funny how I was the only one that had any interest in the land. They all went off about the yeah, yeah. But all that kind of stuff. There's all there's a whole liturgy hey, stuff. Can, can, can I tell you? There's a book in this man. There is, there is yeah. a book in this man. Girls, you're sitting there looking at, and I'm mesmerised by this man. You must feel this. Do you hear what school was like? Mm. The hardship this man had. Is that bringing it home, you know, to you guys, life today? Yeah, like, just hearing the stories, it's just, it really puts into perspective, like, how different it is for us. Like, we don't feel lonely and we don't feel, well, as lonely as someone who spent their entire life around people as you have. And now, like, you're finally connecting with people again with us in the class. It's it's really just mm. something. And you understand how life is, how life mm. is today. You heard what Michael said mm. there, laughing and en- enjoyment in school mm. to what he went through as well. Let's come back to Stephen McKee because time is going to beat us. You have a vision. You all have a vision for this project. Tell me about it. It's not just Kells or Eureka Secondary School. Well, we believe that they should be rolled out as part of, certainly as part of a TY nationwide, that there is a programme in this that could be a part of the modules that the students do in every school in the country because it's an absolutely fantastic. We, we've actually gained so much. I've gained so much personally about meeting characters, local characters like, like Mick beside I've me. I've only had him for a few minutes <laughs> and I'm, 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 in, I'm just enthralled by the man. And, He's and it's, such a re- it's an enriching experience for everybody and I think certainly with, with the issues that there are in society, particularly in loneliness and social isolation, we would be um, calling on the Department of Education to look at a programme like this and, and certainly in second level but also maybe in primary school as well mm. I've been talking to a few uh, principals uh, locally as well about connecting the older students in, in primary school in their, in, 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 their yeah. own, in their own local communities This is brilliant I say it to you all this is absolutely brilliant So it is. and Michael for yourself you mentioned your daughters you have your daughters you have this new lease of life with these guys here, here as well um, there are other people I'm sure you know you're involved with the with the senior citizens deeply who, who have nobody who have very few people there are there are uh, some of them now that uh, have a different way of looking at things that they, they do come to the meetings and stuff that we have uh, in the active retirement group and, mm. um, they're fairly they're fairly good but there's not as much, much of them as there could be there's some that's uh, probably sitting at home it would be so easy I know this because this was so easy I could have done all these bad things uh, by just sitting at home sometimes in the morning when you'd be getting up and they'd be thinking about yeah we're going to the group today we'd say and you'd be, sometimes you might say to yourself Am I really going to bother? Or will, will I go? And then I know I know that I have to go. Yes. And I say you're going. You, you tell yourself you're going, 
and you just do it and when you're there it's a wonderful place to be you can say no more about that listen I have to leave it there for today I'm delighted to highlight this Stephen do you want to say one more thing just, before we finish yeah look just thanks Jerry for having not us not at in. all um, we're, we're delighted to be here it's a pleasure <laughs> I feel humbled I'm yeah. delighted that you've come to me today and I congratulate you I congratulate you Rick and the teachers you the students in TY and Michael and his friends as well absolutely brilliant this is something special and it will go national. Thank you all indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection used car event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. The Cystic Fibrosis Nationwide 6.5k Remembrance Walk is happening this Saturday in Drogheda at 2 o'clock. It'll start and finish at Ballsgrove Church and uh, those participating are asked to wear purple on the day. The uh, walks are to remember and celebrate the lives of all our CF loved ones and families. And congratulations to Tara Gartry from uh, Carney's Lane in Drogheda who is the latest one to go through to the Scotch Hall Holiday Final draw. Well done to you. The Poker Classic in the uh, List Two Arms held recently for the North Louth Hospice raised €3,535. Oh, isn't that just a fantastic sum? And the organisers would like to thank everybody who supported them there. The uh, the little doggy, was it Louise, that needed stuffing? Was it the dog? Yes, it, it was. It was the little dog, yeah. Um, and Mary was on to us about, we have lots of suggestions for Mary as to how she could go about getting uh, the little doggy stuffed, stuffed. again. Um, there's Helena's Handcrafts in Ballapusta RD have been mentioned. The Dolls Hospital in Dublin. And Martin McNamara, I know Martin as well. He's a taxidermist in Balbriggan. Those are all options to have that done. We'll pass them on. And Vera was on to say she has her mum's Teddy, it's 60 years old uh, and uh, she went into Cleary's, her mum uh, when she was discharged from hospital in Dublin on the way home to buy the teddy uh, and she was so weak on the day but she got the teddy uh, her dad was with her and Vera has only had to replace his eye in all those years, well done to you Vera with your 60 year old Ted Oh, Strictly Come Dancing fans Louise are crestfallen, they're they are, crestfallen they're, they're today shocked. But Darcy, what about the cards? Oh, I, I didn't see it coming, now I'm a mad it's Strictly not. Come dancing fan BBC I have to say I didn't see it coming I don't think fans did as well Dame Darcy Bustle will not be a judge this uh, coming series at the end of the year she's gone she stepped down and they, they really don't know why they're speculating as to why but she's been there a while and she's decided to say goodbye to the show and Strictly fans are really sad today and wondering who'll replace her. Well, I was going to say, have you any ideas? Well, Karen Hardy is in the betting. She's a former dancer. She's up there, I believe. Oti Mabuse, she's been part of the series for a few years and she's involved in that Greatest Dancer show recently. She's been mentioned as well. Erin Bogue is another one. I think they'll I go for Nicole a lady. Shirt singer. Huh? The Pussy Cat Doll. Has she been mentioned as yeah. well? Oh. There you go. There's some lads been mentioned as well. Anton Dubeck, Ian Waite. But I think they may go for a lady to keep the balance. They have two boys oh, they'd need and to, two girls. They? I think they'll have to go the for a lady. I don't think the lads are in the, in the shout there, really, to be honest with you. Anyway, Strictly fans may be distraught, but drivers yeah. of Yaris cars are over the moon. The cockroach of cars. <laughs> <laughs> She'll never die. It passed. It passed the NCT with flying colours. Louise Yet has again. a... 05. 
zero five is it Yaris yeah and through she went with flying colours once more absolutely and I think my husband's disappointed because every year I'm threatening <laughs> to get a new car and it'd be like kind of like the 40 year old Teddy that I have I'll have this Yaris in another 40 years and she'll still be going forever oh it's great so it is that it got through well obviously you had a few little bits and pieces to get done to it yeah a few things very few like I obviously get a full service every mm. year and you know that I think I needed an exhaust or something but apart from that no she flew so, um, yeah, it's whether to keep her or not now is the, the thing. Ah, look, come she on. She owes me nothing. No, so. she doesn't. And you're due an upgrade. Come on, Louise, you are. You oh, will do let it go, this though. year. It's very hard. Yeah, I know, I know. And it'll be a, a parting of ways that will be sad. Do you have a name? Do you call it? Do you have a name? Do you know what people Maisie. Have, what? Maisie. You call your guy Maisie? Yeah, because I bought her in May. Ah, nice. Mm. I never, and, and my sister calls her car, well, Betsy was the last one. I, I couldn't tell you what I've called my cars over the years, especially in the <laughs> early years when they wouldn't start. I couldn't repeat it on air at 10 Have past three. Have you never, three. ever named your car? No. I'm sure there are a lot out there. I don't think have. men name their cars. It's a women thing. Do you think? Oh, lads don't have a name in their cars. Are you joking me? Oh, I think that's just because you spend a lot of time with your car. Yes, and I love driving. I always have loved driving because, you see, I was raised in a family where there was no car. And I was the first mm-hmm. to get a car in the family. Oh, very good. And my little mini. S I Y two double one. Yeah, well, you see, you can't remember your the registration. S I Y two double one. Oh, now did you say it? My late mother Mary, she used to call it the Sputnik. <laughs> Mind yourselves going out in that Sputnik. <laughs> Do you know what a Give Sputnik is? Do you know what a Sputnik is? Was it the Russian? Yes, yeah. yes. They put it into orbit, but she used to call that. In other words, she, it was a tiny little thing, a little small. Thing. It was a rocket. <laughs> going up a hill with five people in and I tell you you'd have to get out and push <laughs> better on a horse there was no rocket in that thing I could tell you a little maroon coloured one but you know what she took me everywhere and you know when you get a car for the first time in your life and in your family and the independence that gives you that you yeah. can just hop in Go fishing here or go hunting with my dad. I used to get to put the, the dogs, the dogs, the ferrets, my father and everything into the mini and away off we'd go for a day's ferret. And I bet you got a load of stuff in the in the boat. We got that amount of stuff in it. But you know, one time I realised and I sure you hadn't much money, I was driving in and I checked the tyres and they were as bald as a baby's backside is all I can say to you. The tyres at one stage. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing about it, but that was back then. We had to get tyres then and new tyres. But eventually, you know what happened? The arse fell out of it. The floor fell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> With the weight of the ferrets. We were like the Flintstones. <laughs> yabba dabba do. You know, when you put your feet down and go like the clappers. <laughs> oh my God, your first car. Memories of your first car. We'll come back to that another day as well. And names. Be- what did you say you called it? Maisie. Maisie. The Sputnik. Now, that's just after coming back to me. Anyway, we have to take another break. And after that, we'll be having a quick chat with John McKeown about the Wim Hof method. Our Pat, Pat O'Shaughnessy, called in to say, why do people call their cars her? Tell them what you said, Miss Louise Walsh. Because we're, we're reliable and we see everything. <laughs> and we drive his mat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen to this. Listen to this comment. You and that stupid topic, having the listener make an awful show of his herself by phoning in about their stupid first toys. I find the topic extremely boring. Get a grip on yourself. Do you know what I'll say to you, whoever you are? Get a grip on yourself. I'd say you're someone who never had a teddy in their lives. (laughs) It takes all sorts, doesn't it? John McKeown joined us on late lunch before Christmas. He was climbing Crow Patrick on Christmas Day. John, you did it, I take it, yeah? I survived, Jerry. Yes, I did. Good man. Good man. Bad. And were you home for the dinner and all? Yeah. 
We were home at six o'clock in the evening. We had eaten the dinner at seven. And I was asleep on the couch at half nine. I'm sure you were. No <laughs> rocking needed. Listen, you're joining me today to talk about something called the Wim Hof Method. What is this and what's it applicable to? Right. Well, the Wim Hof Method is basically designed by a guy named Wim Hof. And, and basically, it's a, it's a series of breathing exercises, um, mind control and getting used to cold exposure. So each each... Each pillar of the method has different benefits for the body. Uh, for me, the, the, the biggest one is a re- reduction of stress and anxiety. That, for me, would be, be the biggest one. But he's had a lot of success with people who've had autoimmune diseases and PTSD, uh, stress-related, anxiety-related issues. So it basically calms the body down. And this works because I've been doing a good lot of looking at this since you got in touch with me yesterday myself. And it's amazing what you can do just by controlling the breathing. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we all know that probably the ancient traditions had breathing as part of the rituals and stuff. So what Wim has done is basically um, modernised it, for want of a better word, and, and shown people how they can do this basically at home. And it's, it's a series of, of three rounds of two-minute breaths. Plus, in between, you do some breath holds. And you breathe through your diaphragm as opposed to through your chest. So what this does, it, it, uh, it oxygenates the body, relaxes the body, and relaxes the mind. And what I do in my workshops is I actually take people's heartbeats at the start of the workshop and then after a series of breathing, I'll take their heartbeats again. And most, 90% of the, of the people, their heartbeat is dropped by about 10 to 15 beats a minute. So if that shows them that their actually body is in a relaxed state. And they know it because they lie down and, and they don't want to get up. They want to just stay there and relax. Um, so it's like a mechanical way to put you into meditation. It sounds so simple. Well... Everything, most things, most most great inventions are, are simple. And we say, why didn't we think of it before? It, it is so simple, but I suppose you've got it's like anything. You've got to practice it. Mm. You don't just do it once. And and it's a thing I do every single day since 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 2015 is when I first discovered the Wim Hof method. And as I said, I do it every single day. I would take 20 minutes in the morning, do the breathing, and then I'll have a a cold shower. That sets me up for the day. And do you come back to it later in the day, or do you need to? Or is it just... Well, you see, it's the type of thing that, that, that once you're, you, you understand the proper breathing methods, when you go for a walk, you'll start doing the breathing in, in the same way. You'll start breathing fr- from your diaphragm as opposed to chest breathing. So you change the way you breathe, and it becomes then just a habit. So, again, or if I've had a, if I've had a stressful day or whatever, or, you know, feeling mm. nervous, I'll do the breathing. Or there's another part of it too called the horse stance, where basically you can get out into your garden. It's a it's a um, it's a stance basically, that, that, and then you start doing exercises with your arm at the same time. You do this breathing, and it relaxes the body. Sometimes you can do it in your bare feet and ground yourself if you're into all that sort of thing. Mm. So really, what you're doing, you're uh, heightening the oxygen levels, you know, within your system, and, and that yields these benefits. You're heightening the oxygen levels and you're also decreasing your carbon dioxide levels. So, because remember, you're inhaling and exhaling. Yeah. 
So you're doing both. You're increasing the oxygen levels and decreasing your carbon dioxide levels. So you're giving your whole respiratory system a workout at the same time. You're taking it to two extremes. Yeah, and this has really made a significant dif- difference. You can speak from experience, and you've benefited hugely when you look at before and after. I'm so, so much more relaxed. And as I said, I, I, I've been running workshops for the last two years, and you know the feedback I get from people is just amazing. It's, it's really, really helped them to, to relax. Mm. And reduce anxiety, that's, that, that's right. I, I would, that's the angle I would come from, as I said, it supposedly works on other ailments, but um, that's... And again, he's worked with science to try and prove this. Mm. He's been in MRI machines while he's been doing the breathing, and it shows that he activates part of the brain that normally we don't activate. Um, and and that's, that's where all these benefits come from. So doing this breathing, you, as I said, you activate areas of the brain that we normally wouldn't do yes, or we've lost the ability to do yeah and and you know stress anxiety uh, affects so many people in life and i've just looked at so many testimonies to people saying they have much more energy they're sleeping better yeah. they're more yeah. focused relaxed you name it there's so many benefits tell me this if people want to talk to you more how do they get in touch with you well i'm actually running a, a workshop in navan on sunday in swinnerton lodge so I mean, they could go on their website, redriveryoga.com, and there's a few places left. I'm not sure how many's left. But otherwise, they can follow me on Instagram. I call it Loving Oxygen, because okay. it's all about oxygen to the cells. Or on Facebook, Loving Oxygen. And I have a website, lovingoxygen.com. Oh, you've given us plenty of oxygen and food for thought today. John, have to leave it there. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks very much, Jerry. Appreciate it. Take care now. Bye-bye. The Wim Hof Method. W-I-M-H-O-F-F. Check it out. Sensational results for an awful lot of people with it. Interesting, interesting, isn't it? Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch on this busy Thursday afternoon. Do join us for the final show of the week tomorrow, Friday. But we'll leave you in the company of a song that I know very well. I remember when it was number one. I used to sing it and hum it. I was only a young fella at the time. It's many moons ago. It's Elton John and Kiki D. It was Elton's first number one ever. Yes, and he had to do it with somebody else. Don't go breaking my heart. Don't. Come back tomorrow. Join us for another late lunch. FM podcasts brought to you with Cartmacross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cartmacross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cartmacross, or CartmacrossCU.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.